You're listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast. Welcome to Episode 3 of The Whole Truth podcast. I'm Paul Armstrong. I just had a great chat with Tom Revy. He's the Managing Director of Evion Group. Some of you will know Evion by its old name, Black Earth Minerals. Evion is about to have its day in the sun, by all accounts. It's going to supply graphite for use in lithium batteries. Tom Revy gave us a great explanation of the critical role that graphite plays in these batteries and why the price is forecast to take off. Tom ticks all those boxes at Evion. They've got a mine in Madagascar that they're developing and they've got agreements with some of the biggest groups around the world to advance the production of what's known as battery anomaterial, which to you and me is the stuff that goes in the lithium battery. We had a great chat with Tom. I think you'll find it very interesting, not just from an Evion perspective, but also to get a great understanding of how a lithium battery is put together and the opportunities that are out there. Tom Revy, graphite. It must be the most boring commodity known to man, isn't it? And you've been given the job of trying to promote it. What did you do wrong? Oh, Paul, we're at that inflection point right now. Um, Historically, Graphite was used primarily in the refractories industries, you know, your crucibles, your kiln lighting, high temperature applications. What's happened now is exactly what happened in the lithium industry about two, three years ago. 2023 will be the first year that lithium ion batteries will be the biggest consumer of graphite. And the second point is that this is the first year there'll be a material deficit in terms of global supply. So we're at that inflection point right now, as I said, what we saw in lithium a couple, three years ago, and that's why everyone in the graphite industry is extremely buoyed about what's coming in the future in regards to natural graphite. What you're saying, Tom, is that your very boring commodity of graphite, the most unsexy thing known to man that you've been carrying around the world now for five, six, seven years and probably more in the back of your head, is about to have its day in the sun. It's about to become very sexy. Absolutely, Paul. And, and I think that's, that's the macro view and that's what investors should be looking at. They should be looking at the next commodity and it's a standout. You know, you look at the demand in respect, particularly from an electric vehicle perspective, and you look at the demand moving forward in regards to all the components that make up that battery. Lithium's gone, nickel's gone up, cobalt's made its move. It's got to be graphite day in the sun 2023. It's, it's a very funny thing they call lithium batteries, though, isn't it, Tom? Because, really, they could have just as easily, or perhaps more aptly, been called graphite batteries. In fact, Elon Musk said uh, a few years ago they should be called nickel graphite batteries because of the, the sheer quantum. If you talk about natural graphite and the total quantity of graphite that goes into your average electric vehicle, it's like 60 to 80 kilos, which is far more than any of the other more commonly known elements that go into a battery. I suppose the question for people listening to us chat away today, Tom, is, hey, if this is so good, how come the lithium price has gone absolutely bananas? It's gone through the roof, and yet the graphite price has, what, over the same period, flatlined? Yeah, look, it, it, uh, it has moved. Last year we saw the price increase by 25%. There's no doubt about the fact that we are now, as an organisation, as Evion, we're now seeing more approaches from people downstream. And we haven't seen that in the past few years. So number one, the risk profile for those people in that supply chain is now uh, going to red alert in regards to where am I going to get my commodity. Natural graphite, the component or the cost that goes into an electric vehicle is so small 
The beauty here for potential investors is that the price could double and it wouldn't have a material impact on the electric vehicle price. It can't be said, the same can't be said in respect to lithium, cobalt, nickel, etc., because they will have a, a material impact on the price of the car. So there's sleepy graphite at the moment. I've explained the two key reasons why 2023 is an important year in regards to you know, the demand uh, and supply situation. Um, and, and so it's pivotal now that it's going to really move. And that's what we're so excited. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Is the explanation for this price differential between lithium and graphite, or at least the performance of the prices, does the explanation rest in the fact that there has long been demand for graphite around the world? pre-lithium batteries, graphite was an existing industry, wasn't it? It had many uses, whereas lithium, there wasn't a big market for lithium. So the supply of lithium was actually very limited. The supply of graphite was pretty substantial. So the impact to this point of batteries on the relative supply and demand curves of those two products has been vastly different, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that curve has been different in terms of how it shifted uh, the demand-supply uh, demand curve, how they've shifted over time. Um, if you take uh, green bushes, for example, it was it was a tin mine, right? Everyone knew it as green bushes tin. The uh, offshoot, the byproduct of lithium, was primarily used for, uh, particularly in the high quality glass manufacturing area. And you can imagine that's not very big, especially when you compare it to lithium ion batteries. And then comes along 1970s, lithium ion battery was sort of starting to be understood. It took another 20 years before people started to accept it in their hybrids. Today, it's gone into straight EVs and bang, there goes the uh, lithium demand in respect to lithium ion batteries. Whereas, as you said, historically, we've looked at graphite in regards to everything from pencils, which people will be okay with, uh, the refractories industry, lubricants, etc. It's got a very broad spectrum, even alkaline batteries, very broad spectrum in terms of its demand. And so people weren't aware of it. There was a bit going over here. There was a bit being shipped over here. And so it was acknowledged that that was the case. And gee whiz, there must be plenty of it. But as I said earlier, 2023 is the first year that lithium-ion battery will be the biggest consumer of graphite. 2012, it consumed about 3%. So if we put aside the differences in the supply side of the equation, let's look at the battery because I think that's what people will be very interested in here, Tom. They know, we all know they have lithium in the battery because they're called lithium batteries. But lithium makes one half of the battery in simple terms, doesn't it? And graphite, the other. Correct. So, you know, you cannot start an electric vehicle without an anode. And the anode is comprised of a minimum 95% graphite. And an anode, in old battery terms, is one of the terminals, isn't it? Is yeah, that it's, it's one of the electrodes. So you have a cathode and you have a, an anode. And basically, the charge occurs because the electrons move from one side to the other. And when you recharge it, you push them back the other way. So what goes into a cathode? Lithium goes into it. And then there's the different chemistries that people may or may not have heard of that incorporate cobalt or nickel or, or whatever the case may be. But the anode has fundamentally stayed the same. As I said, that's 95 to 100% natural graphite. And so at the end of the day, there is no view out there, short or medium term, potentially long term, to change that anode chemistry. So you've got half the battery consuming graphite, but there's another major factor here, isn't there? 
China. Of course, China's always a factor in commodities, but in this case, China has its foot on the majority of the world's top graphite supply, doesn't it, through its mines? Yeah, it does. And, and in terms of the supply chain, that's what people are looking at. And for those old enough, um, you only got to go back to the 1970s during the oil crisis. One geographic region had dominance. There was a political issue and bang, they turned the gate off in terms of oil supply and the world suffered and, and there was all sorts of economic fallout. China or not China, there is now one part of the world that dominates batteries and particularly on the graphite side. So 68% or thereabouts of natural graphite is produced in China. So there's the first flag. The world needs for geopolitical reasons to diversify and decrease that risk. Secondly, 100%, close enough to 100% of what we call spheronized purified graphite, which is an intermediate project uh, product between the uh, the mine product and an anode, which I mentioned earlier, nearly 100% is made in China. So anyone who's got a lithium-ion battery, and let's face it, we all do these days, our phones, our, our um, cameras, etc., etc., They that graphite has gone through China at one stage. And the world is standing back and it's going, you know what, it's risky, we need to diversify. And so you've got these, these various acts occurring, for example, in the US, or Europe, where people are saying, well, we, we want to entice people to deal with us and to basically to de-risk that current situation where China is dominant in respect to graphite. And this is where Evian comes in, isn't it? This, this is the whole point of Evian's strategy, is to say not only is demand moving uh, in our favour and the price is widely forecast to go up sharply for, for our graphite products, but... It's not all graphites are equal. It's a bit in the old in the old hydrocarbon days, you know, when, when it was all about petrol and oil, there was that famous advertising slogan, oils ain't oils. Now, you can say the same of, of graphite. Graphites ain't graphites because people want, in Europe and America particularly, want non-Chinese source graphite. Is that is that the long and the short of it? Yeah. yeah when, when people look at graphite companies, they need to look at it in respect to understanding the work that has been completed. They don't have to understand the technical aspects, but they need to see key uh, key paragraphs when people are marketing graphite uh, projects and companies. Um, but everyone, what we've done is we've spent nearly two years testing and retesting and fine-tuning our fine material, our fine uh, graphite concentrate material, that traditionally goes into a battery. And we've established that it's suitable for battery use, specifically lithium ion batteries. We've gone to end users, tier one end users, who have qualified our sample. We've gone to independent laboratories, one in particular, Dorfner Anzaplan out of Germany. And we've gone through the process all the way to actually producing lithium ion batteries using our natural graphite. And it's compared favorably to the best in the world. So your natural graphite though, Tom, is part of a vertically integrated chain that starts from your Maniri mine in Madagascar and under your strategy will continue all the way through to supplying the material ready to go to the battery makers. Correct. So what we did since day one, since we floated the company back in 2018, is we said we wanted to be a material player in the global graphite supply chain. And that's exactly what we've done. Our primary asset is the Maniri project located in southern Madagascar. Why Madagascar? Well, gee whiz, they've been producing graphite for over 100 years and selling it internationally. 
So the end users get it. And today, um, Madagascar is actually the largest supplier of natural graphite to the world outside of China. So is it good? Well, I think those sort of statistics speak for themselves. Um, so we said, well, okay, we can produce this stuff. Financially, the, the model looks great in terms of a standalone project, but if we really want to make a return for shareholders, you've got to go upstream. And how far you go upstream is really, you can't go too far because you're starting to merge into sort of becoming a tech company and that's not what we're about. But certainly the next stage is very exciting. In regards to batteries, we're looking to take advantage of the, based on the conversation we just had in regards to de-risking geopolitically, we're looking to establish uh, what we call a battery anode material plant in Europe because there's lots of car manufacturers in Europe and they're continuing to expand there's lots of people making or developing gigafactories, and we see these maps all the time with dots all over Europe. But what they're not making is what China is dominant in, and that's that battery anode material, which is a, a spheronized, purified graphite a coated product that is absolutely integral that goes into an anode to make that lithium-ion battery. So the Europeans and the Americans are both hungry for graphite for the batteries and graphite that doesn't come from China. You're in the box seat. So this is about your day in the sun, as you said, is coming. But it's this is this is an overnight success. It's been many years in the making, hasn't it? I mean, you go back here to to when? You floated the company in 2018, but presumably you were cooking this up well before then. It was, it's uh, been a long, hard grind, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And, 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 you know, you look at any of the quality assets, mining assets that have been um, developed over the world, they don't happen overnight. You've got to go through a process. In our case, um, uh, we identified the, the project in Madagascar uh, back in 2016. We, we, we wanted to start a graphite company. So we looked around and we probably looked at about 25, 30 assets. And in detail, we probably looked at 10 or 12. And uh, we went to Madagascar. There was good assets there. We could get them inexpensively. Um, and, you know, it's, Madagascar is the place in terms of producing and exporting graphite from. So it seemed a logical way to get there. That always takes time. You know, people are wondering, well, you want to buy the asset, et cetera, et cetera. But we basically uh, took a punt and said, you know, this EV market's really going to take off. What's being ignored? Graphite, that's what gives investors leverage. So we got in there. We went through the normal exploration phase, establishing a resource, drilling it out, going through the reserve, going through the various study phases. And as you say, that takes time. But we're here right here today. We've spent the, the necessary money, we've spent the necessary time, and we've established a project in Madagascar called the Maneri Graphite Project. That The financials are very attractive, technically very robust. I mean, that's my background. And then on top of that, we're building a project in India right now for the course and material. And most importantly, we've got this collaborative agreement going to build a battery anode material for downstream processing in the heart of Europe, in Germany. And that bodes well for shareholders moving forward. Now, you had discussions and have some agreements with one of the big American companies. But tell us about that and how they, how they will drive that forward. Well, basically, we've been talking to Urbix now for about two, three years. They're probably one of the, well, they probably are the preeminent group in respect to uh, battery anode material and specifically a coated spheronized purified graphite. Um, and that's the, the key part that goes into an anode. 
And so they established themselves seven, eight years ago and spent a lot of time, money, effort. They've brought in the world's experts and been heavily financially backed by US money. What they've been able to do is go through the lab scale, go through the pilot scale, uh, go through the demonstration plant sales, which is a fair size, and now they're moving to full-scale plant in Phoenix, Arizona. So to have them as a partner bring in that technology, understanding how good our material is from Madagascar, it's like a marriage. It's, it really So is. they're recognising the opportunity too, aren't they? I mean, Absolutely. They're saying, yeah. hey, the European car makers are screaming out for graphite, non-Chinese graphite. We know how to process it and get it to a certain stage, but, of course, we need the raw material in the first place. They turn around and say, hey, these guys called Evian have got the raw material. They've established the, the, the bona fides of their project and the metallurgical characteristics are correct. So they're working with you to build a plant and supply it to the big the big battery makers and the automakers. Absolutely, and, and that's where your classic one plus one equals three model comes into it. Uh, we both do very, very well out of it. Um, we're currently uh, undertaking that final test work on larger scale. We'll get the process design criteria out of it. That'll go into our pre-feasibility study, and those results should be out uh, early next year. So this is a classic case, Tom, of timing is everything, isn't it? You've got a little Perth company here, a small market capitalisation. What's the value of the company today? It's about $18 million. Right. So you've $18 million Perth company about to play a very significant role in a global issue, be at the cutting edge of battery production or at least battery supply, the, course, the crucial ingredient for the battery, teaming up with a big company with a lot of experience, vertically integrated from go to woe. You must be starting to feel that after all these hard yards, after all these hard yards, you're about to uh, fire the starting gun from a shareholder's perspective. Yeah, look, we're, we're, and that's you know that's the exciting part of where we are today. It's it's somewhat boring going through the journey itself, but you just got to do it. But we're at the cusp of that point now. We're, we're right on the edge where we've now established quality assets, uh, quality offtakes, quality partners, and we're ready to pull the trigger on that gun. Fantastic journey has been a hard grind. I know that it's been taking it taken a long while to get to this point, but it's funny after a very slow grind, you get to a situation where it seems that it's all about to all happen very fast. Uh, you will be in Europe increasingly, I, I suspect, and discussions with the likes of automakers and others will be gaining pace. Absolutely, and, and people will be to turn around and say, "Hey, this little company that started out of Perth." is playing a key role in helping the Western world meet its needs and its hunger for lithium batteries. As they say, from little things, big things grow. Um, we, as you say, timing is everything, and we think we're in the right position at the right time to take advantage of this whole decarbonisation situation. As I said, quality material speaks for itself. Financially robust projects give returns to shareholders, so we're in a perfect position right now. Amazing amount of foresight, Tom, to, to have got this company and this project to this stage. Congratulations on what you've done and we look forward to watching and hearing the, the next uh, stages of the journey uh, and hopefully seeing you up there on the stage with the big the big automakers knowing that your hard work has contributed to them making lithium batteries. Absolutely. Thanks Th very much, Paul. Thanks, Tom.
You've been listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast produced by Resource Media, hosted by Paul Armstrong for Reed Corporate. Please note that Reed Corporate does not provide investment advice and investors should seek personalised advice before making any investment decisions.